Inspiration Nation. Hello, Lee Kemp here for another week on the podcast. As always, with Jose Neuer and Ryan Boniface. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you, Lee. Glad to hear it. Thanks, as always, everyone out there for catching us whatever podcast platform you're on, watching us on YouTube, follow us on social media at Listen to IN, Listen T O I N. Right, so I believe, is it my subject this week? Yes, it is. Good, good, good. Right, so I have two subjects, not for today, obviously one for this week and one for my next round, and I was debating in my head as I was walking back from the shop earlier as to which one I want to do today, and they're both, well, I'll tell you now, one's about Marvel and one's about wrestling, which you'll think, what's that got to do with inspiration? But I will take you on a great journey with both of them. This one very much on inspiration, and the next one kind of falls in the wellness bracket. So hopefully they come across as good as I am hoping they will. So this week, I open up my Inspiration Nation hoodie, available over at inspirationnation.org.uk. Love it. Oh, to reveal, he's getting dressed, talking excited. My hey. t-shirt underneath, because that is what we are talking about today. Oh, I love it. So we're all fans of, well, I know certainly that me and Ryan are, because Ryan got berated by me into watching the Marvel films and then has caned most of them. Where are you up to? Um, I've seen Spider-Man, the, the three Spider-Men, but I've not seen... Um, I'm up to Loki. I haven't started watching Loki yet. Okay. But that is... I'm, I'm there or thereabouts. I need to watch them all before Doctor Strange, though, in a couple of months. Yeah. <clears throat> you did yeah. Get a little bit of catch-up. Joe, you're a, you are a fan, I believe, as well? Yep. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I... Love Marvel, as you guys know. I probably reference it a few times on the podcast as well. Um, so, and what, where I want to talk about this and bring some sanity to the conversation, um, I suppose first thing is what they did. I love what they did in terms of, you know, an inspiration for me. What has been created, they Marvel, I think is unbelievable. I remember when I first heard about the concept. So the first Hulk film would come out, which in my head I kind of don't include because it was a different actor and everything else like that. Um, but there was a little cut scene at the end of the film where they try and recruit Bruce Banner with uh, Samuel L. Jackson popping up as Nick Fury. They then talk about releasing Iron Man and that's when all the talk comes out that they're going to do, I think, five films, introduce different heroes and then have them all cross over in this epic crossover film, which at the time was an absolute like mind blowing concept. This was a huge undertaking that they were going to do to do this. Um, seemed like a huge feat. I think given now what the universe has grown into, the idea of five individual films in a crossover feels quite small. But that in itself is a part of what they've done in pushing the boundaries in storytelling and how complex this has become and where people's expectations were. Because at the time, this was like, wow, I remember it. I remember them talking about it. And um, the other thing as well, which is, or two other things that are amazing on how they created this, how they did this. They convinced a financing company to give them a half a billion, 500 million rolling credit, which they would use this rolling credit to produce a film obviously make a profit, pay back the rolling credit, use it again to make the next film. See, that's gone on, sold, you know, Marvel Studios bought by Disney for, 
ungodly sums of money that paid off massively for them as quite a gamble and again a fairly unique way in terms of film production to to get this you know create a little mini studio themselves which i think was a fantastic gamble that really paid off for them unbelievably so um and the third thing is they took relatively unknown properties now i i don't profess to be a comic book or a superhero nerd but in the general public consensus zeitgeist, you had Batman, you had Superman, um, you had then from Marvel, Spider-Man very well known, X-Men very well known, Incredible Hulk very well known. And for me, obviously Batman and Superman, big film franchises of the 80s into the 90s, X-Men, um, cartoon show, and then the Back. So it's Fantastic Four there, but their films are rubbish. Um, Hulk from the TV show and Spider-Man is just one of the best-known superheroes. But that was it, really speaking. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, relative unknown names, I would say, across certainly in the UK, probably in America, more obscure comic book people probably over them. But again, the mass public, when you're wanting to make billion-dollar films and the mass pop public don't really know these characters, but they realised they owned the rights, Marvel Studio, you know, Marvel days, that they owned the rights to these ones, all the others being off elsewhere that they sold off to other studios. So they decided they were going to take these, you know, B characters, for want of a better phrase, and they were going to create this crossover. And, you know, all those names are reeled off that were complete unknowns are now household names against a plethora of others which is down to how well this franchise has worked. Took relative unknowns and unwanted and has turned them into top level, not just superheroes, pop culture characters, I think. Yeah. So that is my, that yeah. is my inspirational, what, what I love about what they did for all those different facets and taking chances and doing things differently. Um, and you can see, you know, being said that I want to take these relatively obscure characters and we'll build a film franchise around it, there must have been so much obstruction to the idea of basically financing it with a very large overdraft, a different approach, questionable with as well. Um, the idea of building up to this massive crossover film with five films in advance, signing actors up to huge multi-film deals. Again, some big chances there that massively paid off. And I think for anyone who wants to do something creative or different or take a chance or show that you can literally create something from relatively nothing. I, I, for me, it's a huge, huge inspiration of what, you know, they just built on it. They haven't stopped. The complexity of the shared universe now is immense. And I think they're still knocking it out of the park. What, 20 odd films later, multiple TV series and still i'm you know i'm midway through watching some of it now and i it's still really exciting about what's coming next which is amazing you know you get to a trilogy and people are running out of things to do yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you love it yeah i wouldn't disagree with you and i, I yeah I, I think that is inspiration i didn't realize about the the rolling loan i think that's incredible um and it must have been amazing how someone who sold that vision to somebody and how they would have, how they got people on board with it. Cause you're right. When I, I didn't really know much about Iron Man until I watched the Iron Man movie. And it's actually one of my favorites, the original Iron Man, it's that a, original origin yeah. story. I think it's the best Iron Man. It's got two and three. It's the best one. It's so good. 
and I even rewatched it. And I don't really rewatch, and I rewatched that one. Um, yeah, I would agree. I think it is inspiration. I didn't realise the backstory about that, and and that there were B characters because they all feel like, for me, not having a comic book background, they all feel like established characters. And I suppose in the comics they are, but people they weren't well known. Oh yeah, and absolutely they are. And people who are into the comic books, a hundred percent you know we'll know those characters and what they did and a lot of the stories we see are taken from that but i say in terms of taking things that people who love the comic books would go to see to films that kids are clamoring to go and see and the you know big budget a-list films is is quite a leap to have built up those characters like it being outside of, you know your non-standard characters because quite a lot you know x-men did brilliantly back in the late 90s but then there were a lot of others green lantern Blade, I think a few others that they would, you know, they're they're not obscure films, but they're not what you see now in terms of the, the cinematic universe. And the quality of it. But I was going to ask you one thing, Lee, about all those things that you said, but what is the underlying inspiration? What is it? What is the underlying inspiration that makes you feel that this for you is something that is amazing and awesome? Hold on. So I just realised that I forgot to turn in a faux pas for those on YouTube, I forgot to turn on my lights so they couldn't see my beautiful face properly. So I've just turned it on now. And we've just lost half our audience from YouTube. Thanks very much for watching. <laughs> <laughs> me, hurts me deep in the heart, that does, Ryan. You would say that you would say the exact same thing to me if it were the yeah, other way around. We all know that I can dish it out. I don't want to take it back. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so true. I think, I think... Um, We'll come I like, back to your question in a second, Joe. But yeah, right, carry on, carry on, because I want I wanted your thoughts on this bit I, first. I like the the fact that they did use obscure characters from the universe. I think part of it is probably founded on the fact that that you kind of touched on earlier that it would have been very a very difficult conversation to tap Spider-Man up from film two or film three, right? Because they would have gone, this is the this is the biggest thing that, you know, questionably the biggest thing that Marvel can offer. Why, why are we going to give that up straight away for a film that may, you know, for a group of films that may not even work because you want to do a gimmick thing with five backstories and a, and a coming together, right? So there's probably a part of it that's, that thought, or part of them that thought, okay, well, we're happy to give you up, you know, Captain America. The Hulk was probably a bit of a push. Um, we're happy to give you up Iron Man. Uh, happy to give you up Hawkeye. And we're happy to give you up Black Widow as well. Uh, because they were probably lesser known to the general public, as you said. And they said, look, if you want to go and experiment with those, we won't be mad if it doesn't work because they're kind of back catalogue people, as it were. And then when that gamble paid off massively, that's when they started tapping into other things. Thor is obviously well known outside of, of Marvel. It, it, Marvel isn't the only place in history that's discussed the idea of a god of thunder. You know, it's, it's like uh, Greek mythology, right? Or like something along those lines. Um, so that's Norse, a well-known person. mythology, just to nerd you there. Oh, is it? Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Sorry, that's my bad. Um, he might be a Greek god as well. I don't know. It's not far from an expert. But, but, it, is it, but it, isn't, it isn't something that Stan Lee once sat there yeah. and said, you know what? This guy Thor's got, got it going on with Thunder. He has. But I think it, as, as time went on, they started to tap into to kind of more well-known actors, more well-known characters, um, and it started to become bigger and bigger. Like Robbie Downey Jr. in 2008, I think when the first Iron Man film came out, was was kind of a big deal. I was 13, so I don't really know, but I feel like he was kind wow. of a big deal. I was 13 in 2008, Joe. Oh, I can't believe that's mental. Absolutely oh, okay. crazy. Uh, I, um, 
So, I it, to me, I you know, I've kind of well, I say I've grown up with them. These films have existed as I've grown up. I haven't, you know, it's not. It's only been since the start of last year that I've really put an effort into, you know, watching them. Um, but I, I think that 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 was probably the, the fact they use lesser known characters probably born both out of the fact they wanted to try something new and out of the fact that they probably found it difficult to finance and get agreement for the bigger characters to be involved straight away and then obviously after the first avengers film it was it was pretty big um and then then they started to go deeper into backstories of even lesser known characters right so then you had the guardians of the galaxies and um which I know, Lee, is, is, I think is your favourite backstory. Oh, film. and I'll just say on that, I remember they did that and then they talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'd never even heard of. And I was like, I don't know now, they're kind of going down, like you said, a really obscure route. And I was really unsure and absolutely right. My favourite film in the whole series is Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. They did, they, they did the first five and then they started talking about Thor's background. Um, then you're going to have to forgive my timeline here. But I'm probably going to get it wrong. Then I think uh, there was some Ant-Man stuff that existed before the Age of Ultron film. Um, and I think there may have been another one. Oh, there was Iron Man 2 and 3. There was a second Captain America. There was the, uh, a Hulk. Was there a Hulk film? Um, no, not a standalone. No, but there was where that, That's where it all started to mix out, you know, characters. But were they started. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's where I'm getting. That's where I'm getting to. Crossovers. That's where I'm getting to. You would you would start to see um, random other characters just appear in other people's worlds, and you'd be like, because they'd set the scene of this crossover that that now exists all of a sudden, and you see it in the first Spider-Man film because I think that happens between uh, Avengers one and two. Um, Captain America, uh, Tony Stark just appears in, you know, in Peter Parker's, Peter Parker's house. Um, that, you know, that, that happens and that integration of people happens and a lot of people's backstories are forged out of their relationships with other Avengers and things like that. And it just really built this. It's almost like they planted a tree with Hulk, as you say, and Iron Man at the very start. And those roots just kind of did this and all of a sudden they came back under each other and did all of the things that roots do and it's grown into this big kind of oak tree now but there's so many crossovers and so many things that exist because of other things and um and as you say they've tapped into tv series now and things like that and um there comes a, there comes a point where they say well does this ever end you know in 30 years time is there a is there you know even more of this that kind of still leads back to the fact that um you know, the Hulk was tapped up by Samuel L. Jackson in 2004, 2003. But do you think we, like we're not far away from that being 20 years ago? So, yeah. wow. you think, well, films have been for 30 years, it's astronomical. Yeah. But we're pretty much two thirds of the way there already. Yeah. It's mad. It's really mad. So, the, um, the bit, Joe, to your question. On yes. what is it that really inspires me? And I'm glad because yeah, that what is the fundamental thing. That was the preamble there. That's the background. That's all the niceties around the thing that really grabbed me about this. And what really grabbed me, and it's to do with the creative process and how they made it happen. Ryan touched on a bit there. There's, there's two angles to this, but I talked to there's some stuff I've done. Joe, you helped with a presentation years ago where I talk about 
you know, creating creative environments. And I talk about Apple and Pixar and stuff like that, which I might dust that off. That might make quite a good podcast as well. I still have that video. I could put it on YouTube. Oh, do you? No. I would. Oh, I'd love it if you did. <laughs> I think I've still got it somewhere. However, and, th- and that's, that's it. So there's, there's two bits. And again, back to the taking chances, but this is one of the really strong anchors for me. And you touched on Robert Downey Jr. and what it was like in 2008, right? He wasn't semi-big. He was known. He was washed up. He was oh, done. Okay. He was a has-been. He was a rapid star of the 80s that just peed it all away in the 90s, and nobody wanted to touch him with a barge pole. Marvel did such a good job that you, Ryan, who was 13 at the time, young man of the world, has no idea that that's even what his reputation was. That's how good of a job they did of bringing him back. They took, and they did this a lot with the early films, and I think it's possibly part of how they got so many people signed up for multi-deals, but they took chances on risky or unknown actors to fill roles that are now household names. Robert Downey Jr. was known, but he was not a household name in 2008. He was an obscure, washed-up thing. Joe, you can corroborate whether that is your view of it as well? Not really, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't know what he was done in, doing in the 80s. I've got no idea, but Iron Man... He was right? kind of part of that What's... 80s brat pack, yeah. as they were but, called, but then disappeared. But, you know, He was yeah. like Macaulay Culkin's now, Ryan, I would say. Uh, that, uh, that. Okay. I never watched so Home Alone, but I, I know but who he is. you wouldn't take him seriously as an actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he's gone on to do fantastic things. And, and again, he's my favourite acting character from the whole thing. But the Chrissies, Hemsworth, Pratt, the other one, weren't, weren't big household names going into it as well. Scarlett Johansson is probably the biggest, and Nick, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, of course, who just stars in every film ever, which is why he's in it. <laughs> I think at one point was literally the most prolific actor in Hollywood in terms of number of films he did a year. But they were they were big names, but everyone else was relatively obscure or unknown, and they took chances on these actors and pushed them into mega stardom. Um, and secondly, there's the same approach with the directors. Oh, we're finished. We'll say Ant Man. What's his name? Yes. He was a comedy actor, and I know he's got a comedic tone to his films, but that was deliberate because the original director, and he left for whatever reason for Ant-Man, um, writer, producer, director, I can't remember which role, but was the people that were behind the Shaun of the Dead films. So the comedy actor and comedy team producing the superhero film, and it does have a comedy tone to it, but it still fits within the universe, but they took that chance, and there's not a question about it. Russo Brothers probably the most known directors in the MCU. I was just looking up there because, as we know, guys, I kind of came on here a bit late, so I lost a bit of my prep time, but they have been involved in a significant number of the films, either directly as directors or as creative consultants. They are huge forces behind the MCU. Um, They've done nothing but comedy stuff and sitcoms before, whatsoever. They were behind things like Arrested Development, which again is a personal favourite of mine, but is a really wacky, offbeat comedy. It's not a vein of the superhero films with the drama and the gravitas, but they took a chance on them to, to do it. And, um, and, you know, not only did they do such a good job with the first films they're involved in, they've become central to the MCU. Because again, 
they took a chance on these people. They weren't afraid to do something different. And all of this leads into me, which is the linchpin of all of this, which is the biggest chance they took. And I think is why the MCU is what the MCU is, is their creative process. Now, I don't know if this continued through. I know this was for phase one, a bit of phase two. This is how they did it. I don't know whether it continued or not, but this is what really struck me is Glove with Russo Brothers. They brought in comedy directors for a film. They told them the characters and they told them some crucial plot points that are vital to the wider universe. So, and I'm making it up, but you have to reference Thor's hammer and there has to be an event where this person gets hurt and, you know, two or three other key things. But that was it. Then it's go with it. It's your film. Make it your film. Set the tone. Take the characters in the direction you want to take them in. Just make sure that this and this and this and this happens because that's part of the wider universe. So they set the vision. There was from the top a singular vision. There was a direction they're going. There are things that had to be done. But beyond that, they left these people who they trusted creatively, who they felt were the right people to do the job. And they trusted them to do the job and they let them put their own stamp on it. Um, and the films do all have their own individual tone set along it. Sorry, can't run. I was going to say, and it's probably won't mean much to you because you're not a fan, but um, J.K. Rowling did the same thing with Alan Rickman and Harry Potter. So um, he held, holds a huge secret all the way, all the way up until maybe an hour before the end of the the last film, which is like, two, they're all two and a half hours each. There's eight of them, um, and like right up until the very last moment he knew about this thing then she told him in film one in like 1996 so he knew for 16 years this this thing he was like she said to him i'm going to tell you and it's going to affect everything you know but you have to know it she told him and there were things that he acted and things that he did in a, in a scene where the director was like why have we done that and he said you'll find out and just just things like that that meant that he had to do it that way and it just made it better for the viewing and, and i'm assuming that in the same way these guys did the same thing yeah exactly that because there's stuff that's built into bigger things that weren't necessarily known but 100 and i just i just think that again i'm brought up the chances you know obscure characters taking chances on actors, taking in actors from different films, taking in producers and directors from different fields, but knowing that they trusted in, those, you know, they spoke to those people, they felt they were the right people to write their stories and tell their stories. And they gave them that creative freedom to do it. But for me, it's that beautiful blend of giving people boundaries. So you have to do this and you have to do this. And this is the core of the character. But once they put them within that space, make it your own. And that just paid, I just, it paid off fantastically, so fantastically. And I think that's why the films like they are, because they brought in people who wanted to prove themselves, who were hungry, who had the right attributes, just not necessarily the credentials and let them build up those credentials. And that part, I remember reading an article about that years ago, and I just, I just loved it. I just thought that's what a way to run an enterprise. Yeah, and one with a big, one with a big risk attached. Like, if Absolutely. it went wrong, calculated risk. You know, they obviously had a yeah. vision. They obviously felt they could see it yeah. through. But it's, like you but said, but they were prepared to take those risks. Yeah, massive risk because you've always got. But it's like a quite a big gamble when you think about it. 
But I think the thing that came out of what you said is that trust element that's coming out big for me from what you said. The trust to leave, leave it with people, let them to get on with it, finally get the right outcomes when these things are met, leaving them get on with it, let them go with the job. That's what strikes me about what you loved about it. Absolutely. That is, I really is. And I just, you know, in terms of when we talked about, we want to talk about things that inspire us. That certainly the early days going on now, it may all be the same. I'm not, I've not read many things about it, but I was a big fan early on. And then when I started to see more things about how they put it together, how they worked with people, what they did, approaches that were so different, just really inspired me to, you know, want to be that sort of person as well. And I just wove bits of that mentality into my as I like to refer to it, my buffet mentality. But seems like a lot of needs. Yeah, I'd say there was needs that you've got for yourself. Actually, like there's freedom. You need to be have left that freedom, and also you have to be trusted. I think there are two big things that are coming out for me that that inspiring thing that these people were trusted. They had the freedom to create, the freedom to do it. Brian, they got this result. This left to get on with it, and that this seems like a two big values that come out of that story that I've observed, I think, from what I've, you've told me. That's, yeah, absolutely. I think that's what I'm picking out. Yeah. But you, Ryan, what, what, what's coming out of it for you from what, like, what, what uh, Lee said? I think it just... It, it's, it's a case of, I think, a couple of things in the sense that you don't have to have the best and brightest of everything to make something really good. Um, sometimes you can, <clears throat> you know you can have some components that you're not happy with but can turn them into something that you you know something better than what would have been should you have had all of these top top people to play these actors and these top characters from the start you know and also that being said it it's also trusting people with your vision you you explain to them kind of how you you know as lee said they needed to know certain things to help build up to the the later films um but giving them the freedom to still run those films in their own way. If every, if every director did it all 23 films, they would be so repetitive. And that, and if I'm honest, that is probably my only criticism of watching all of the films. I've done them over a short space of time is that they all do follow a really similar storyline in terms of kind of what happens, but you know, it, there are comedic differences and dramatic differences and just stylistic differences that that appear throughout it that do that does that do differentiate them. And if they're all directed and produced by the same team for every single film, then they would just be carbon copies. But I think is I think the fact that they have different people behind them gives them a you know a relatively fresh look. Um, and there's only a certain number of ways you can go with a superhero film. You know, they, they don't really die. Otherwise, how are they superheroes? But um, that Rest kind of peace, Black Widow. I've not said that. And Iron Man. Yeah, come on, don't don't do this. Don't do this. People may not have seen that. That's a huge spoiler. That is. Might have to bleep. <laughs> to might, have to bleep might have to bleep that out. <laughs> the warning. <laughs> oh, Lee, Lee, a warning Lee. within the uh, within the content of the. That's a big spoiler, you know. That's you boo-booed there. You boo-booed there. I won't lie. Um, the film's out a few years ago. It's free to talk about, I think. Yeah, but you're doing it I mean, I only watched it about four months ago. There you go. Yeah. Ryan's got a point. Um, But um, I think it just just gives a different dimension to these films. Um, And it it 
they're they are a pleasure to watch and they're a pleasure to be a fan of, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the writing is fantastic, and I think a bit like you, Lou, you said about Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought I was going to really dislike that film. I thought, oh, what's this about? And I really enjoyed it. And that's your favourite. I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, yes, I, I think it did work. From start How does this work? to finish watching that film. <laughs> How does it work? It shouldn't work. If you go back, that should not work, and it works wonderfully, doesn't it? It's, um, and I really enjoyed them, yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, leap of faith, isn't it, I think, as yes. well. A little bit of a leap of faith, which is almost that what comes across that belief in this is going to work and transmitting that to people when you're putting forward that vision. If you really believe in it, you get other people to come along with it and it, and it works because you really believe in the people that are doing it. And I think that's a massive piece that comes out of this is that they believe they would do it. So, yeah, I really like that, Lee. I think this, this has been a really, really good episode. And there's a lot of things I didn't know, especially that rolling over those, that, those millions of pounds. Um, if it didn't work, they, some people would have really struggled, wouldn't they? Um, but, yeah. And you compared this journey to what is the other franchise, the DC Universe, and what's such a great job they've done and actually DC you I think you said that they had a better almost like a better foundation but they didn't really do what do as well with it yeah which again is you know personal opinion territory here but they you know they had the established characters your three main ones you know Batman Superman Wonder Woman everyone knows who they are yeah villains are (laughs) just as well known and um yeah, I personally, I think they mucked it up, but, but I think they were directionless. I think they kept changing their mind on what they wanted to do. And if you haven't got that clear long-term vision, you're not taking people on the journey with you. I think yeah, it's funny, it's talking, go on, Ryan, I was talking I do, about that Joker film. I don't yeah, yeah I, do, I do think, though, that the DC films will have heavily benefited from how well Marvel have done. Because to yeah. a complete layman, a superhero is a superhero, right? They don't care what side yeah. of the world they sit on. So whilst, whilst, you know, Christian Bale's Batman films don't fit into the Iron Man's universe because they came out at similar times, if I remember rightly, you know, it, it, whilst they don't factor into each other's lives, people wouldn't have cared. Superhero film, superhero film. They yeah. still would have gone to no, cinema. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I always, growing up, I was always a bigger DC fan than I was a Marvel fan, fan. And that was just solely because I liked the darkness of the DC side. Again, the Christian Bale Batman films were so dark and so um, almost gritty and and very different to what you'd see in a Marvel film. Marvel film was almost something you could take your kids to, whereas the DC film was something that you would probably be a bit iffy with, I guess. Um, and I always liked that rogueness, if you like, of the of the DC superheroes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just their Justice League version of the Avengers never really worked out. Those, that's no, those Christian Bale Batman films are awesome. And there's yeah. some good stuff in there. The Wonder Woman film, I think, was fantastic. I have a little guilty pleasure for Suicide Squad, if I'm honest. It sits outside of it, but they do this more eclectic standalone films. I think the Joker yeah. film is so different and yeah. just brilliant. And there's talk of a sequel, but I think it's so good that it doesn't... A sequel almost ruins it. So there's, there's, there's gems yeah. in there, but it's not it's not the same big collective. Oh, how does this fit into the universe? universe yeah. which is just my my fanboy comment about Marvel because I love it. But that's what I wish they'd do with DC. I wish they would tie it together, but they don't. It's like in that Joker film, I thought they might try and do some sort of Batman tie-in with that, but 
it's not happening, is it? Because I think no, Batman, it's a different process, and it, you know, it, it works or doesn't yeah. work. But I just they I think they tried to replicate the shared universe model, but they they weren't as good at it. And you can't. There's something else to listen to where someone says, if you're going to compete with someone, you have to be better. You've got to be better than or different than, otherwise you're just less than. Yeah. And DC tried to mimic them, and they they'll, were less than. They'll go miles away from that model now. They'll go absolutely yeah. opposite end of the scale, and that's it. They've got, they they've it, got but... to be different than because they can't be better than they showed yeah. it. Yeah, I think it would have been harder wow. in, in any way to be better than Mar- the, the, the way the Marvel's done it anyway. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've I've really enjoyed that, and uh, yeah. Okay, Thanks, so that's guys. that's my Thanks, Marvel guys. wrap up. Our count is going down. Hopefully, that was good listening. As always, we love to hear from you. Just follow us on Twitter at listen to I N listen T O I N. Let us know what you think of the show, and of course, head over to check out inspirationnation.org.uk for details. From details, everything related to the podcast, full back catalogue there, details of the coaching service, sign up for the newsletter, and of course, get your merchandise at the store. Big takeaways then, or not? Oh, and I'm going to pick up on what you said earlier, Joe, but I think there's other words I was going to say as well. Vision, vision and trust. They're my takeaways. Well, wonderful. Yeah, what about you, Ryan? Um, it's always good to put your own twist on things. I like it. And Jose. Yeah, for me, it's coming up back of you when you said vision, trust. And for me, that was that freedom piece, like freedom to do the thing that you the thing that you do. Uh, absolutely 100%. If you were like given to do a job, whatever, it's giving giving people freedom and trust together to get me out of the outcomes is what that that inspired me from what you said, Lee. That's mine. Perfect. Love it. Thank you guys for listening on that. Hopefully my other my uh, my resting one for three weeks down the line will live up to the Content of the Marvel one, little yeah, tease there for people. I'm, I'm on holiday that day. Sorry. Oh right. I'm a joke. It's I'm gonna joking. be great. It's gonna I'm be joking. great. Right. All that's left to do is count us down. We'll be back next week. Three, two, one. Inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. Catch you guys, Catch you guys later. later. Catch you guys later.